Uh, welcome to, I guess this is a special, special, special edition of General Geekery. We're kind of taking a page, I guess, out of like Star Wars book and um, doing an episode outside the regular episode. Yeah, this is totally like an anthology episode of General Geekery. It's a, I it's guess it's a, a prequel. waxing nostalgic retrospective. Can we call it a prequel? Uh, yes, yes, because really, this is definitely a prequel to our current podcast. Um, totally, yeah. It's so, hilarious. So welcome to um, the Phantom... Um, yeah, dude, this is... Iron, Iron Man 3, the Phantom piece of shit. And... <laughs> uh, yeah, because some years ago, we dedicated a whole episode of the podcast just to rip a new asshole into Iron Man 3, and... Uh, and I, I, I dug it up on my computer. I was looking through old files because the computer was running not slow, but not as fast as it used to. So I was trying to go through deleting old files and old kind of crap that's taken up the memory to try to speed it up a little bit. And I found some of our old podcasts, but um, uh, uh, this one, I, I found it and it was just, and uh, I started listening to it and. And uh, I realized that that it was our it was our uh, discussion about the wonder that was Shane Black's Iron Man three, and uh, I, I told Brian I found this thing, and and it's funny because a lot of times, you know, you you go you go a couple years without watching a movie, and sometimes I watch it again, and you know, it grows on you. Or you decide, you know, you soften, and you're like, well. I didn't like it, but it was it was okay. But not Iron no. Man three, and that's that's coming from me. I'm you know I'm the I'm the biggest Iron Man fan, one of the biggest Iron Man fans there is, and I absolutely detest that movie. How why how why do I detest Iron Man three? Let me count the ways. I don't have that many. We don't have that much time. Um, you know, I think. No, More no, than anything but, else, it just it suffered that John Favreau was not at the helm of this. On top of that, they finally make a movie where that the biggest potential for this was marketing in merchandise for action figures, and they totally screwed the pooch on that. The action figure line for Iron well, Man Three was and horrible. The, the, there was nothing good about Iron Man Three. Well, and and then no, and and even if you watch the ads, all the build up to it oh, the ads were all completely misleading yeah. it, it was it, they were advertising a movie that 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 was a good sequel to iron man and iron man 2 and and instead you got i'm like wow they're 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 their department that, that cuts trailers together they're awesome at their jobs but um yeah so we thought we thought you know what because uh, a couple years ago, I tried to watch, about a year and a half ago, I, I tried to watch Iron Man 3 again. Uh, we put it on and we said, well, maybe it's not so bad. Maybe it's not as bad as we remembered. And after about a half an hour, I switched it off. I'm like, no, no, it still sucks. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, did it's... the same thing not too long. Uh, well, last year sometime, uh, flying either to or from work, I don't remember which. And, you know, I load all these movies on my iPad and watch them on the plane because, you know, what else am I going to do? I can't sleep on the plane. So I had Iron Man 3. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch all the Iron Man movies. So I watched Iron Man, watched Iron Man 2, 
started Iron Man 3, I'm like, nope. 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 I, I, uh, Iron Man 3 just... It was so... It was so poorly handled that it made me actually dislike Tony Stark as a character. That's hard because to do. Because he just... He, he wasn't... He wasn't, yeah, he wasn't, he Tony wasn't Stark. the Tony Stark that we had come to love between Iron Man and the Avengers movie. Nope. And re-listening to some of the some of the podcasts that we uh, uh, ran three, I realized all of my all of my opinions and all my and 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 all my gripes about it they still stand up. It, it nothing has changed. The movie is still. It's still painful to watch. It's still just not the second sequel to uh, to Iron Man that we needed. It wasn't the one we deserved, and it certainly wasn't the one we needed. It was it was a completely different movie, and they went off in a completely different direction than, than they should have. Because uh, uh, let's face it, I, I I think the I think the idea behind it, the extremis storyline. Oh yeah, it's still is cool. Awesome. Yeah, but read those comic books. The, the art in the extremist line the is thing. fantastic. They, yeah, and 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 the imagery in the movie, that the actual process of it, still map. You know, it's it still, it's still well reflected what they did in the comic. It was just every other decision they made was just the wrong one. Well, see, I think you're even, even being generous there because I re- reread the Extremis line, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago. I'm like, Jesus, they man, they missed the whole fucking boat on that in the movie. And to and oh, to, bring, to bring AIM in as you know the big bad and then not have anything other than one person? Really? You know, I mean, just it was kind random, of random um, bad guys. And, you know, well, because when we did that. the... It was like comic relief bad guys. You know, when we did our recording about it, I hadn't, and, and even in the even in the thing, I stayed, I haven't read Extremis. Well, since then, um, I think it was actually, I think it was actually, I, I think I, I, I have read it, and I actually think I read it a couple, a month or two after, I we uh, after our failed rewatch of the movie where I switched it off, I did finally read that comic, and maybe I just don't have a good enough memory of what happened in the comic. But in my mind, I thought it was kind of accurate. But you're saying it's not. No, um, they even screwed that up. Yeah, so, all right, folks, I'm I, I'm I'm for for all of our listeners who have never heard this episode of our old podcast or for our loyal listeners who did listen to the old podcast that haven't heard this episode since we did it, we're putting it up again on our new feed on a new podcast just to hear it. Because if nothing else, even if you disagree with it and you loved Iron Man three and there are those people, I don't understand them, but they do exist. They do. Um, even if you disagree with all of our criticisms, this is guaranteed to entertain you. It's certainly going to make you laugh. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, um, because we literally left no stone unturned. We didn't, man, we gave it no leeway at all. Nope. So, um, for our, 
Yeah, for our prequel episode of General Geekery. Uh, yeah, take a listen. Yeah. Oh, and did we mention that we had a little extra time on our uh, on our contract, so we needed something to fill the time? But anyway. Still. Oh yeah, that's right. Later tonight, <laughs> uh, my my uh, the uh, on the host on the Buzz Sprout the Buzz Sprout host that we have for the podcast. I had a couple of extra hours that I needed to use up, so it's also an excuse to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's us in a nutshell. So without further ado, I give you General Geekery prequel number one, the Iron Woo-hoo! Piece of Shit. Uh, moving right along, again for the second time, first time for our listeners, we were going to review Iron Man three. Uh, JD, what do you think about Iron Man three? It was okay. Um, I can't give it any more than that, and it hurts because, well, everybody loved all of the first one, and I loved the second one. I yeah, loved it all I. the way through. I mean, there were a lot of fanboys that had a lot of problems with it, but I, I didn't. I didn't have any problems with it. Nor did I. But all the problems that people have with that one, uh, well, I can understand now where they're coming from because I had a lot of problems with uh myriad of things in this one. Um, and some of the major issues the people had are not some of my major issues. There's just there's Which I find interesting. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. What what major issues did you have? Um first of all, now I've never read Extremis. Uh, I didn't read it. I did I did watch the motion comic of it, you know, Marvel was doing those for a little bit, Yeah. Um, and I did watch that, but uh, that was the last one of those motion comics I ever watched, because honestly, the, the full impact of the story is completely lost when you're watching it that way. Um, Never seen one, so I don't know, but I'll take your word for it. Um, but honestly, <clears throat> um, there's, the villain in this did nothing for me. Um, at all. I didn't buy him as a villain. I didn't buy the actor in the role. And by the time he makes his little stand at the end, all I could think was, oh, God, just do, just get on with it. Let's just kill this guy and go on. Um, because, uh, in my opinion, he was built up for a lot and he, didn't accomplish much of anything. Yeah, I mean, um, for working for AIM, I'm like, holy shit, AIM. They're working in AIM. Dude, see, I, I geeked out over that. I'm totally. like, AIM? AIM is in the movie? I'm like, oh my god. I was I was so excited. And what, what came of it? Nothing. Not a thing. Um, They didn't follow up on anything. And the way they wrote the villain as he's the Mandarin and he's been in charge all of this time and I'm like oh by the way we're going to spoil the shit out of this because the fact (laughs) is it's been a while since it came out and if you haven't seen it yet what are you listening to this for Um, so what's wrong um, with you it really when he's saying oh I'm the Mandarin basically he's implying that that he that he was in this from the beginning that he was in charge of the whole thing from the beginning and that doesn't fly that does not fly at all. See, I have a, I have a, a fix for that, and I think you'd like it. Um, well, we 
can only hope that the people that make Iron Man 4, um, I can only hope that they're going to think along the same lines as what you've come up with, because the fact is, I don't think they thought this through at all. I don't either. And now it's time for a retcon. Totally. And I hate to see that on my favorite character, but my thought on it, and, you know, I've, I've talked with some of the other guys on this, and they, they think it's a good idea, but they don't see the... You know, like the movie people doing it because they just won't. It makes more, it makes too much sense. Yeah. Uh, is Ben Kingsley wasn't the Mandarin and neither was Guy Pierce. Mm, see, the I Mandarin would love to see still, that. The Mandarin is still yet to be revealed. He was using his mind control ring and Extremis was just one of his fingers in many pies in his control, in his effort to gain control of the world and that that just failed. He he was Mandarin is you know, maybe backing aim. I don't know how they would work that in, you know. I think they need to go more I think I think we need to see more of aim. I think that's awesome. Um but the Mandarin that wasn't the Mandarin neither of those guys were the Mandarin. Uh that's fine with me because the fact is um the way they handled the Mandarin at the beginning now, I thought that was amazing, and I thought that they were off to a good start. Yeah, and I. I was aware beforehand that there was some kind of twist on the Mandarin during the movie. I didn't know what it was because I was able to avoid that spoiler. I, I, I was knew too. that there was a twist. I just I didn't know what it was, uh, what it was going to be. Nor did I. But the problem when they did reveal it, my problem with it was not the twist. It was not the fact that they exposed Mandarin for being some goofy, drugged out, down on his luck actor. Um, that was not my issue. My issue with it was they blew that secret halfway through the movie. Yeah, I'm like, come on! They just they didn't they didn't disguise it well at all because he started out to be a great villain and if they wanted to pretend he was a puppet, fine. Show that at the end of the movie. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Uh, this is real weird. I, when he said that he was a, an out-of-work actor, I immediately thought of you because I thought, you know, I bet this guy does Shakespeare and Jay. I know JD just loves Shakespeare, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I'm all about Shakespeare. I mean, you can't read it. You you. Shakespeare, you can't read. You 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 have to see it uh, performed. Um, I've never seen I mean, it performed. I've read a lot of it, but I've never seen it performed. Um, I mean, it's 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 uh, it's definitely um, you know it's definitely it's a thrill for me to watch. I mean, I'm so much of a geek that I've got a tattoo of the bard on my shoulder. I know. Yep, I sure do. Yep. Um, I've got the bard on one shoulder and my shield tattoo on the other shoulder. Um, awesome. But my, I uh, and you know what? I actually kind of dig the fact that they had an actor who was posing as uh, the Mandarin. I mean, I like that idea. Um, see, and I could see that as as you know the Mandarin doing something like that. Here's here's you know a stand-in. It's not really me, but it's meant to you know di- a diversion. A body yeah, I double. can see that, and I love it because I can see it where. He's got multiple guys around the world waiting to be sent in as, you know, in in the guise of the Mandarin. Like, this is, like, he's a a figurehead. And, uh, 
Well, no, the Mandarin himself is not a figurehead, but these characters are going to pose as the figurehead. I mean, they're the puppets. Exactly. Um, and I love that idea. Um, because I, I think, I mean, they, they keep saying, oh, in, in these modern, in this modern cinematic environment, you can't use the Mandarin the way he was always used in the comic book. I don't care about any of that. Um, the fact is, the cartoon Iron Man Armored Adventures, they found a perfectly plausible way to use the Mandarin. Um, I mean, that's a little different because that's the adventures of Tony, Rhodey, and Pepper in high school. So, okay, I don't want to see that particular twist, but they found a great way to use the Mandarin as, okay, in the cartoon, he was another student at the school. He did have these rings. He was just, he was a rival of Tony's, but they didn't find that out until later. But uh, he was a rival. No, first he was a friend, then he became a rival. And I uh, love the idea that there'd be a character that Tony was always friends with, and he turns out he's the villain. Um, he's the ultimate villain. I mean, maybe that wouldn't work for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm I don't not know. quite I, sure. I kind of like that, though. I think that would be nice. But I, you know, I. I can see it working. I can um, I, I just don't... I just can't stand the fact that they blew the secret that early in the movie. I, I think I mean, that the... just annoys the crap out of me. Yeah. And I, I mean, I like the idea that the Mandarin is actually still out there, and please, God, Guy Pierce cannot be the Mandarin. No. Um, you know, here's the problem with him was, the character he was playing, I don't know anything about him, but I can imagine that the character had to have been much better written in the comic book to have had enough of an impact to bring him into the cinematic universe. He was a, um, an integral part of the extremist storyline. You really should. There's, I'm, sh- I'm sure there's a trade paperback of that. You should get that. The, the art in that storyline is a thing of beauty. Um, I know, I'm sure... I have to believe that they explain extremists better in that than they did in the movie. Yeah, they do. Um, I mean, there's no... here. Here's the biggest problem that I had with... What was his name? Aldrich Killian? Yes. Um, I didn't buy Guy Pierce in the role. You know why? Because I didn't feel like he was playing um, Aldrich Killian. In the first scene where he shows up, I mean, a clean cut as a businessman. I'm not talking about when he was when he was the mole man at the beginning of the movie. Okay. Um, um, when he first shows up in Pepper's office at uh, at Stark headquarters, um, I thought to myself, "God, he seems familiar," and not because I've seen Guy Pearce in other movies, but his performance seemed really familiar. And then later, when they show him with Maya, what's her name? After they've, Henson. after they've uh, pulled the the betrayal that I saw coming a mile away, um, because they did nothing to disguise their intentions. Um, yeah. Um, I thought, oh my god, now I know why he's familiar. Guy Pierce was not playing Killian. He was playing Brad Pitt, playing Killian. Uh. He wanted Brad Pitt in his Ocean's Eleven. Guys with a villainous twist and get Brad Pitt to play the part. I didn't buy him at all. Uh, I'm just like he that. just he, he's he's a wannabe. He just it drove me insane. 
See, I've um, read I'm this like, story I cannot one. take this guy seriously. And at the end, when the extremist takes him over and his shirt burns off and he's got the dragon tattoos, and he's like, I am the Mandarin. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, no, dude, you you lost me. You completely and totally lost me. Um, and, you know, there at the end, a lot of some people had problems with the fact that Tony Stark didn't kill Aldrich Killian. I didn't have a problem with that. I don't care who kills him. He's dead. But that scene earlier in the movie when the mansion's destroyed and then when Pepper kills uh, Killian, um... Okay, I dig that they were trying for a nod to rescue. Yeah. They failed miserably. Yes, they did. Okay, he's got all those armors that are coded to him. He went to the trouble of coding the Mark 42 so that Pepper could wear it. And he couldn't make the chick version of it. Really? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, out of nowhere... In some hidden crevice of uh, of his house there in uh, Malibu, there couldn't have been a closet door that slid open and Rescue's actual armor comes out to, to uh, rescue Pepper. Yeah. Yeah. So he throws her inside the Mark 42, um, and, then, and then at the end of the movie, just the arm armor from the 42 flies onto her and she kills Emma. No, they, they failed. That was a complete epic fail. Um, if you want to put rescue in the movie, put rescue in the movie and shut up about it. See, um, what, what killed it for me was seeing the, the, the trailers and seeing Stark, you know, you see this, this one second of Stark going in under anesthesia and I'm like, yeah, they're following the comic books because that's, Stark gets injected with the extremist virus to fight these guys. That's how the armor works. That's how the extremist armor works is through the extremist virus. And see, that's an interesting idea that they didn't use. And they it didn't didn't even touch it. Didn't um, even touch it. They gave it to Pepper instead, which, eh, yeah, I didn't particularly care for, but not as much as the fact that I had expected was going into this, knowing that extremist was the major plot point of this movie and seeing the trailer of him going under anesthesia and not getting the extremists like it was in the comic books. Like I said, man, you really ought to check the, uh, and the listeners too. I mean, if, if, if you didn't like the movie, you should read the comic that they tried to, to base this on because the storyline is, is good. It's better than the movie was. And the artwork truly, truly is magnificent and is a thing of beauty. It's one of my favorite uh, stretches of Iron Man is the Extremist series, just solely for the artwork. Um, now, okay, so obviously the Extremist was uh, explained um, in the comic. I mean, did it include those people um, that were, well, they were basically... Uh, candlesticks um, with, I mean, the glowy eye effect was really cool. Um, they did a horrible job uh, explaining, okay, great. It helps regrow lost limbs. Okay, that's cool. Um, the fact that it makes you a firecracker, uh, that's kind of a 
it's kind of a sad and pathetic twist on it. It was. Um, a, yeah, that was I not do like comments. the fact that the 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 scarred up chick uh, in the movie um, was actually the man thing's wife. Um, I didn't know. I didn't realize that until um, I was listening to uh, Now Playing podcast where they mentioned that. Um, I knew there was like, something to her, but I didn't know what it was. Um, yeah, so, and, I mean, I've seen the pictures of the character from the comic book, and, I mean, I'll give them this, they, the kid, the actress seems to have pulled the part off, I mean, she looked the part and seems to have done the job that needed to be done, but, I mean, honestly, my God, her and Cold Blood, I mean, they were both built up to be something in the movie, and they were both taken out by, like, nothing, um, I mean, I like the fact that they brought Cold Blood into uh, the movie. I didn't uh, except realize that, a, that they was didn't Cold call him Blood. Cold Blood. Yeah. And are you telling me that really anybody can get inside the Iron Patriot armor and walk around as the Iron Patriot? Come on now. Yeah. If if AIM developed that armor, okay, yes. It was being used as a pawn in Ames' scheme. Okay, I get that. But if the original specifications were basically the basically the, the Mark II armor that they retrofitted into into uh um that they retrofitted it into War Machine, um that's fine, but there wasn't um um there wasn't some sort of uh, um, <clears throat> there wasn't so some sort of way that they could have coded it yeah. that only the president's bodyguard James Rhodes could wear it. Come yeah. on, now. I mean, because all of Tony Stark's armors are coded that way. So, yeah, I, I one of the big things that I had a problem was um, one of the things I didn't expect to have a problem was all the armors. Uh, I like the fact that they finally put put in specialty armors. I mean, that is a huge component of the Iron Man mythos. Is oh, oh yes, it is. And who wasn't excited armor. to see all of them show up on screen at once? Except they weren't used in the specialty environments that they were designed for. I know that would have been hard to put all of them. It would have been impossible to put all of them in to do that. But they should have at least made that attempt. Instead, they used each and every one of those unique armors as cannon fodder. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of those armors we saw in the Iron Man and Iron Man 2 toy lines. Yes. Both the 6-inch and the 3 and 3 quarter inch version. I mean, we saw a lot of those very distinctive armors, and they showed up in the toy line, and I was all excited to finally see them in action. <laughs> And if we got more than one shot of most of them in action, that would have been great. Um, and then they turn around and blows them all up with, what was it, Operation Clean House? Clean Slate, yeah. Clean Slate, really? And it blew every single one of them up. We'll never see the Silver Centurion armor again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. We'll I never do. see... I mean, because the Mark V armor had a stealth version of it in the toy line. I know because I've got the Marvel Legends version, and I've got and I've got the uh, the three and three quarter inch version, 
and I was very excited to see that. Yeah, you were like for the all of the four seconds fan. that it was on the screen before it got completely shredded. Yeah, what a waste. One of the um, things that I was thinking about too is you had, and I didn't think about it until like just now. Is you said that it seemed like the movie had like two different scripts and they tried to to mash them together. I think here's going back to the armor. Here's one of the the biggest proof. Where was the War Machine Mark II? Um. Oh, you mean the one that we saw in all the marketing material that was basically the gunmetal and silver version um, of uh, the Iron Patriot armor uh, <laughs> that that I thought for sure we were going to see on the screen, and then and then uh, no, no. I was totally waiting for when they stole his stole the Iron Patriot armor for that that he was going to end up as as uh, War Machine again. Yeah, uh, except no, was they waiting hung for the start to say out to dry. Yes. In the Iron Patriot armor, and he was armorless. Yeah, I, was I mean, it, 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 all those armors show up via remote control or mind control or artificial intelligence or whatever they were. I mean, all of them, they 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 all show up, and Rhodey's like, "All right, give me some armor," and and Tony's like, "Up, oh, they're all coded to me." Really, well, he couldn't have coded one of them to Rhodey, and just happened to be the. War Machine Mark II. See, what I was waiting for was even before that, after the Iron Patriot was stolen, I was waiting for him to kind of go up to Rhodey and kind of gloat and say, you know, I told you so. You shouldn't have listened to the military turkeys. And guess what? I got a present for you. And Thank then, you. Oh, that would have been awesome. I hadn't considered that. And then have him, you know, he'd secretly been developing the War Machine Mark II on his own time, you know, along with all the, his other armors, and said, here, you're back on my, you're playing for my team again now, you're on my team. Here's the War Machine Mark II for you. Go get him. That's a really good idea. I hadn't thought about that. I was waiting. I mean, that, that had never even crossed my mind. I was um, totally expecting, I mean, it, Hot Toys is making a War Machine Mark II figure. The There's one in the crappy Iron uh, the crappy three and three quarter inch figures. There's one in the six inch. Well, no, there is not one in the six inch line yet. Uh, yet, at least. Hell, I even have a War Machine Mark II hoodie. But it wasn't in the movie? I'm curious to see uh, deleted scenes when this comes out to see what it's, it makes me think that it's what you said is there was like two different scripts to this. They cut them apart and tried to mash them together. It just didn't work. Yeah. I mean, all I could think that all through this was they had lots and lots of good ideas, but they were from a couple of different scripts that they cut and pasted together, hoping that they would have a complete script, but there was no cohesion. It never gelled together. And, um, they just, they, I, I swear to God, the whole time that they were filming this thing, there must have been rewrites going on. And we see that. We yeah. see that have a negative impact on movies all the time. And I'm not talking about geeky movies. You've seen it on comedies. You've seen it in dramas. That the fact that the script was still being revised as filming was going, and it never works out. And this thing just... I don't know. It wanted to go in like five different directions at once, and I don't think it 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 it, it achieved going in any of them. It hurt that John Favreau did not direct this. 
Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of understand why, because, um, I mean, in, in preparation for, um, in preparation for, uh, Iron Man 2 being another step towards the Avengers, I know that they had to do some script rewrites to allow that, and I think it bothered him that, that he was, that he, he was on a leash like that, you know, that he had to, I mean, I, I get that, but. Be a team player. <laughs> Yes, and my God, I really wish he'd done this. I mean, I've never seen... I've seen Lethal Weapon, which Shane Black wrote, but I've never seen anything that Shane Black's directed. I did not know he wrote that. Uh, yes, he wrote that, and in fact, Now Playing Podcast actually pointed out uh, a couple of similarities that I saw. Well, first of all, Lethal Weapon uh, takes place at Christmas time. Oh, look, so did Iron Man 3. Um, and why was it Christmas time? Why? What did they do with it? Nothing. They didn't do anything with it, other than show Christmas trees. Um, but they, um, there was a there was a buddy cop element to this with Rhodey and Stark at the end, yeah. uh, much like Riggs and Murtaugh. Um, there was a you know the final villain um, um, turned out to uh, the henchman that had been following. Uh, Riggs and Murtaugh all the way through them turned out not to be the actual villain because the actual villain showed up at the end. Um, so yeah. there's a lot of Shane Black in both of these movies. But after seeing this, I don't want to see anything else. I don't want to see any of the other movies he's directed. Yeah, um, I don't either. I really think that he got hired on this thing because he had such a good rapport with uh, Robert Downey Jr., that's all well and good, except that I don't think he knew what he was doing in making not just an Iron Man movie, but the first movie of Marvel Phase 2. The first movie, um, I mean, it's not just a sequel to Iron Man 2. It's a sequel to the Avengers. And see, now and, that was one of the points that I was going to bring up is, man, you, no matter what it is going to be hard to just any, no matter what you do as far as the movie, it is going to be impossible to be the first movie after the Avengers. How do you follow that up? And you know what? Don't try. And the fact is, uh, one of the scripts that they used for this obviously wasn't trying to follow it up. And I really think that one of the scripts really was. Um, they really wanted to admit make it a sequel to Avengers. Yeah. And how do I know that? Because of the many, 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 many random times that somebody brought up the events of Avengers yeah. for no apparent reason. Exactly. Um, when Killian mentions that the guy fell from the sky with the hammer and he said, what well, was it, subtlety's dead or whatever, I'm like, okay, why do we need the Thor reference? Um, I mean, I got it. When the kid shows up, I got it. That's what kids do. They want to hear the exciting story. So he wants to hear what it was like for Tony to go into that wormhole and blow up the Chitari. Okay, you know what? That's cool. I understand that. But he wasn't the only character that brought up um, references to the the events of the Avengers. And it was all shoehorned in. Yeah, it was. It was almost like we started this script before... Iron Man before the Avengers uh, was even shooting, and we're going to salvage that script 
Um, but we're going to add in all this post-adventure stuff. And it didn't work. I mean, when the douchebag in the Verizon van is there trying to help Tony get a better signal and he's doing the goofy hero worship thing, I'm like, oh, yeah. what? That didn't fit at all. No. And, and, I forgot about that. I had that blocked out of my mind. Um, and, you know, I mean, that guy was a goof. I mean... He's like restraining order. Yeah, I mean... Okay, the tattoo on the arm, a little creepy. Um, I mean, okay, I have to admit, I did find a little bit of humor. Just a little bit of humor in the fact that he made it, that, that he said he made a doll of Tony Stark. Okay, <laughs> so basically the guy makes custom action figures. Okay. I can't complain about that. See, that's what pissed me off. See, we're used the word doll. It's like, okay, any geek, any exactly. geek with your salt isn't going to call say, it a doll. They mentioned, they, they gave some props to toy customizers out there, but they had to go and crucify us at the same time while paying respect by calling it a doll. Look, the old joke that they are dolls, fine, all right, laugh it up. But the fact is, you can't. It doesn't work. It, here, here the, in this movie, there were so many issues that I had where you can't pay homage to the fanboys and make fun of them at the same time. Yeah, no. You, and and you can't you can't make a sequel to Avengers be a personal story. All right, look. Yeah. Maybe. All right. For whatever reason, you can't bring shield into it fine um but the only way to salvage this and i heard this mentioned on another podcast is when captain america winter soldier comes out next year pretend that that movie takes place at the same time parallel to the events of iron man 3 uh the same way um you see uh, you see in, uh, whether it was in Iron Man 2, um, you see some news footage from the Incredible Hulk. Yes. Um, okay. Make it so that Winter Soldier takes place at the same time as this to explain why Captain America was busy off doing other things in Russia, uh, you know, playing the spy game with Black Widow and Bucky and Falcon and Alexander Pearson, whoever else is in on it, pretend that that's the reason why the president of the United States is not only directly, personally threatened by a terrorist on television and then is kidnapped by them and S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't send somebody in yeah. Really, Rhodey and Stark, it's all up to them to rescue the president. Come on. See, and that's that's the problem with trying to follow it up. It's like now you've got all of these characters in the in the You could use and you're not. And I mean and to I, me, I don't think you should because okay, this is this is an Iron Man movie. Why does why should we be putting Captain America and Falcon and Thor and you know, everybody complained, well, where were the rest of the Avengers? Well, it's not Avengers 2, it's Iron Man 3. No, well, no, and see, well, no, 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 because that's not what I was going to say. Ah. I don't have a problem with the fact that none of the other heroes were in there. 
explain why, though. At least make a passing comment to it. Because the fact is, did Black Widow really have to play that much of a part in Iron Man 2? No, but she did. Um, Did, did, uh, does she have to play that big of a part in, uh, um, in Iron Man 3? Uh, well, yes, okay, or in, uh, Cap 2? Well, yeah, she does, because, because of Bucky coming back, well, she was part of that in the comic book, but, um, did, did, you can't, you don't have to bring all the Avengers into this, but you don't bring them in for comedic relief either. No. Um, look, I love the fact that Mark Ruffalo showed up in, in, in the post-credit sequence. I mean, I love that. Except that it was still treated as a joke. See, it's like he's trying to do Josh, what Josh Whedon does really good in that. Josh, 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 sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. What Josh Whedon does really well and that's add the comedic effects to the action. I mean, that's one, uh, one of the things my wife points out is that he is really good at that. She's a huge uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. and um, So am I. I'm a fan of Angel. I'm a fan of Buffy. I was a fan of Firefly. I never watched Dollhouse. Yeah. Um, and I, I like nobody can too. take a cast of 14 main characters and balance all of them out so they all have screen time as well as he does. No. And... You didn't need to have that many characters in Iron Man 3. But the characters that they did have besides Stark, they didn't know what to do with them. Yeah. I mean, they finally give Happy a good part, but when they run out of things for him to do, or they realize they can't balance that much, that many characters, they put him in a coma. Which, by the way, I'm glad they didn't kill him off, because I thought they were going to. Um, but, but you can't... So... And then they didn't know what to do with Rhodey. I mean, really, because I mean, there were there were a few parts where he could have shown up. I mean, they could have given the Iron Patriot more to do, but no. So for the second movie in a row, Rhodey is literally just playing second fiddle. Yeah. And Pepper, and she, dude, you know what? In in Iron Man, she was great. I didn't like one of the before Iron Man, um, but I like her as Pepper Potts. In Iron Man 2, Pepper is even more in character and very well expanded on what she did in the first one. And she still had the same spirit in her small part in Avengers. So why is it when this movie opens, she's out of character? She wasn't the Pepper that that I'd come to enjoy as a character before that. It was like her and Tony didn't even know who each other was. Yeah. There, there were, I mean, the giant bunny, uh, all right, fine. He's got post-traumatic stress, so he's a little wonky. But they just, they, there was just so much going on in this, and they just didn't. Focus it seemed on like they much. started all kinds of stuff, and they just didn't finish it, yeah. much like most of our conversations. But, <laughs> um, um, you know, I, it I reminds can't... me of uh, the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Like, everything oh had its own plot. That was the only one of them that I didn't finish. Um, I did not really like, uh, I mean, I, I thought that they were all overly long. Um, and the first one almost balanced it all. And it was kind of funny. The second one, it was a lot of more of the same and a lot of more, more stuff like all the, 
you know, like all the demon possessed uh, dead pirates or whatever. Yeah. Mm, all right, fine. But the third one, you're right. Oh my god, what a clusterfuck. Yes. Um, they just had way too many characters. They had no idea what to do with them. Oh, oh, wait, that's right. That's the movie where they killed Chow Yun Fat halfway through the movie. You don't kill Chow Yun Fat halfway through the movie. Right. Um, but if you can't balance that many characters, don't put them in. And I don't know if and, we talked about it, um, since this is like the second time, actually now like the third time we're recording this. Thank you, Skype. Uh, one of the th- I don't so I don't know if we've already talked about it on, on this recording was when it started and they worked in AIM, advanced nice. idea See, mechanics. That was amazing. I geeked out. I mean, I Hard. geeked out. Um, I mean, that was you. You put you put AIM you put AIM into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes, couldn't they at least had a computer on screen that they nicknamed Modok? Couldn't you just throw that in there for me? Yeah, or just having, yeah. like, with blueprints of MODOK in the background or something, I'm like... I mean, and you don't have to make him look like a giant head with little tiny robot arms. You know, okay, you know, you know how in the Marvel 616 universe, Jarvis was an old butler. human guy, yeah. butler, uh, that was strangely a lot like Alfred, except that he wasn't Alfred. Yes. But... In the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they made AI. him the artificial intelligence that ran the armors right. and basically um, kept Tony Stark um, going from going insane and just talking to himself. You couldn't have done something like that with Modok. Said that it was it was artificial intelligence that that deprogrammed the the Iron Patriot armor and oh, that'd have been brilliant. Uh, you couldn't have just pretended that 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 modok was out there somewhere i mean you don't have to have him show up on the screen because let's face it that design that's not going to work in a real quote unquote real world set um i'm know, curious to see like what this, they come right? up but, what, what somebody could come up with on that though <laughs> i mean they couldn't you bring aim into it you mentioned it was basically name dropping Oh, the logos on his T-shirt and everything. I'm like, here is a build-up to a shield versus aim something in some movie, some point in time, and it just sputtered out. I mean, honestly, there there is one little bit of hope that I have for it. It's been put into the movies. There's a chance that we could see aim, if not used directly at least referenced in the shield television show. Mm. Yeah. There's a chance where the, the corporation or, or, or the think tank that is aim could play some role in that show because it's going to be canon to the Marvel cinematic universe movies. I mean, it's all there. So maybe they can throw aim into the TV show and justify it just a little bit. No, they, the, the scientists do not have to wear beekeeper uniforms. Right. But at least do something with them. Show them that they're the worldwide scientific terrorist organization that they're supposed to be. Yeah. I don't know. And, of course, final pet peeve on this movie before we move on to our next topic is we finally get a movie with specialty armors and where's our action figure line and man that's all I got on that oh that wait wait there is an action figure line it has three points of articulation on each one yeah 
Um, oh, hey, remember that, that Keen uh, Deep Space Armor that we got as a toy and that they marketed? And uh, But not only was it, A, not in the movie at all, it did not appear. Um, that the Gemini not that armor, I yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I remember there was speculation as wild as, oh, he's got Deep Space Armor. So the post credit sequence is going to be that Tony flies into space and he meets the Guardians of the Galaxy. Saw okay. that too. There's a few issues with that. First of all, if there's going to be a lead-in to the Guardians of the Galaxy, it's not going to be in the first movie from Phase 2. I've... It's not going to be in a personal story like Iron Man. It's probably not going to show up in Captain America. It's going to be in What's Thor. the next logical choice? Thor. Yes, because you know how that's all cosmic and right. gods and and universal themes and all that? Okay, if the Guardians are going to show up before the Guardians of the Galaxy, and something tells me they really have to, um, because that's going to need some serious build-up, you're probably going to throw it in Thor. Just because Tony Stark has deep space iron armor does not mean that he's going to go out and meet the talking raccoon. Okay, right. That was wild speculation. And then there was wild speculation that they were going to show the Hulkbuster. Oh, oh, they did show the Hulkbuster, except that they used it to crash through a bunch of crates, and then it got blown up. Actually, actually, they did not call that the Hulkbuster. I saw some, uh, I think it was an interview with Shane Black. He said, no, that was not the Hulkbuster armor. Oh, okay, good. Because, I mean, and I'm not saying that it had to be there to fight the Hulk. I'm not right. saying that at all. Um, okay, but you know what? I'm actually glad to hear that because it didn't look enough like the Hulkbuster armor no. to have been the Hulkbuster. I saw somebody been... interview. It may not have been with Shane Black. It may have been with one of the art directors or something like that. The guy that designed it or something. I don't remember where I saw it, but I did say did see something where the guy said, "No, that was not ever intended to be a Hulkbuster armor. It was just right, his heavy lifting um, armor." We don't have to see it on the screen fighting the Hulk. But you have to have it, if you're going to bring Hulkbuster in, at least have it as a suit of armor sitting around waiting just in case the Hulk goes nuts. You don't have that in a movie with a brief cameo where the other brief cameo is uh, sleepy Bruce Banner listening to Tony Stark's problems. Um, Really, what it all comes down to is there was a lot of potential with Iron Man 3. I, I'm not going to say it was a complete failure, but it was a failure on a whole lot of fronts. Yeah, I would agree. It was and disappointing. That, it me I mean, see, for the last month and a half, I avoided all new television commercials and all trailers for it because I didn't want to see so much footage that it would have spoiled the movie. That was but as easy it turns out, everything that they were marketing wasn't going to give this movie away at all because the movie that I went in expecting to see is not the movie that I saw at all. Yeah. Dude, honestly, if they're going to bring Shane Black uh, in for Iron Man 4, and I, honest to God, I hope they don't. I think they but, are. But if they are, dude, they don't need to be in Iron Man 4 because he can't pull it off. Um, if they can't bring the magic back to the first that the first two had, there doesn't need to be an Iron Man four, yeah. let alone five or six. Yeah, I mean, it's to the point where uh, my fiance Janet, she said when we walked out of there, she said it was okay. The more she thought about it afterwards, 
Uh, she really didn't like it, it turns out, because there were a lot of things that bugged her about it, that the more she thought about, the more it irritated her. And I'm at the point where it's like, dude, if you can't do an Iron Man movie better than this was done, just leave him as an Avenger. And just forget about the solo movies, because this had a ton of potential, and all of it was wasted. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't, as much as I want to see another Iron Man movie, I don't want to see another Shane Black Iron Man movie. And I saw something um, yesterday that said Shane Black said that Robert Downey Jr. is on board for uh, Iron Man 4. So. Well, that's great, except that if you can't get John Favreau or somebody who can make movies like he does, don't. Yeah. Just I, don't. I mean, honestly, this thing had, I mean, I was excited. I mean, I was super excited. Yeah. But when I walked out of there, I'm like, dude, I, in fact, all I could think to myself was because when this movie opened, you were still overseas. Yeah. And, and I wasn't going to talk about it until you were back and you got a chance to see it. You got back to the States and then a few days later, you finally got a chance to see it. And... I was just thinking to myself that you were going to like it, but maybe not as much as you hoped you were. Yes, that's, but, it, that's it exactly. Um, but I was honestly just hoping that, that, and, and I don't say this because I expect that, that you would be a shill for the movie, but I was really just hoping that you weren't going to do, uh, what I did for, um, because what I did for for uh, um, um, uh, instead the the follow ups to uh, to uh, um, yeah. the Matrix, and honestly, wow. there was a time that I liked the Matrix. Now I've watched it again; it doesn't hold up at all. In fact, I think it's terminally boring. But for a good many years, I walked around saying that I still liked the second and third one, even though they didn't have the same magic, because I could at least tell that it came from the same source, and it's it kind of worked in different parts. Now, mind you, looking back now, having tried to rewatch most of them last year, none of them hold up. And frankly, I think they're pretty much crap, but I kind of thought that you might look at this and say, um, <clears throat> well, it wasn't as good as it could be but it could have been a lot worse. Whereas I think you're just saying, man, there were parts of this where we actually saw as bad as it could be. Yes. And I don't think it could have been worse. Yeah. I, they're, they're death. Yes. I would have to. Yeah. I think you're pretty spot on about that. There's definitely parts where it's, it's like, man, you can't get any worse than this. I mean, what is the kid doing in there? Why isn't, where's, why is Tony not in armor for, you know, 80% of the movie. Oh, my God. Can we bring up one other issue that I just thought about? Yeah. First of all, I think the Mark 42. First of all, that suit, I know he said in the movie it was a prototype. What a piece of shit. Yes. Um, there, there were... Okay, it was accident prone. It wasn't quite finished. Fine. You know that should have been amazing scene with the Air Force One rescue and the Barrel of Monkeys and all of that. Yeah. That was friggin' awesome. That was awesome. Right up until the armor 
flies up in the air and gets hit by a bus, and you realize Tony Stark wasn't in the armor anyways. You want to talk about the impact of that bus is the impact that destroyed the impact of that rescue scene. Yes. I'm like, it, it meant nothing. Yep. I mean, yeah, okay, it's great that all those people were saved. But it wasn't even saved by Tony Stark as Iron Man. It was the remote-controlled suit, and Tony wasn't even there. Yeah, that was pretty lame. I kind of had blocked that out of my mind. <laughs> I honestly, <laughs> and so did I, until we were discussing it right now. I'm like, you know what? That scene should have been amazing, and it should have been the Iron Man that we saw in the first one that personally went to um, <clears throat> that small town that I am currently having a brain fart on, um, where Yinsen was from, and oh, he personally good, took down uh, the terrorists that were holding that uh, his his dead savior's um, town hostage. Yes. He took down those terrorists by himself. He went, he destroyed his own technology expo in the second one just to take down Hammer's threat and uh, Whiplash's revenge. And he sends the remote controlled suit to rescue those people off. Uh-uh. Yeah. Nope. I don't want to see a remote controlled iron suit ever again. I don't want to see it. The, the gig is up. They've used it too many times now. Yeah. And if Tony is not in the armor, don't use it. Yeah, I, I totally have to agree with that. And I think one of my pet peeves about this is in Iron Man, we saw the Mark One, we saw the Mark Two, we saw the Mark Three. In Iron Man 2, we saw a Mark 4, we saw a Mark 5, we saw a Mark 6. We saw an evolution in technology, and we saw, you know, the pinnacle of, of his knowledge at the time in a, in a fully functional Iron Man armor, and none of that was in this movie. No, it was all off screen. Okay, here's a question. Um... He's got all those armors, right? All right, so the mansion gets blown up, and that same suit that rescued Pepper Potts and Maya Hansen is the same suit that he ends up with flying to Tennessee in. If all of those other suits were there, he couldn't have called a different armor to him for the escape. And were those suits there? Because honestly... If they were all there and they got buried under the rubble and they couldn't get out until all of the rubble was cleared away um, after the construction crews cleaned up the mansion site, really, they flew all the way across the country that fast and he couldn't have gotten them out of the garage on his way down into the ocean when the rest of the mansion was falling into the water? Really? Here's all a, of those armors were there. Here's another. So, here's another instead one of that. going all the way to Mark 7, where we got, all the way to Mark 42, really? I could have dealt with it if it was the Mark 15, maybe the Mark 18. Any higher than that, it's ridiculous. Yeah, You're you, telling me that between 
the end between his near death experience at the end of the Avengers and the opening scenes of this movie. Now I don't know what the time span is, but you're saying he had enough time to create almost a whole nother twenty armor. Really, really? No, <clears throat> I think they took it too far because really for Avengers two, I mean, is that going to be the Mark fifty eight? Yeah, and you know, uh, part of the part of the problem for me on that with that that you. To full, further illustrate that, uh, you know, one of his armors that surely has to be in that lineup somewhere, subterranean armor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that was in there somewhere. It couldn't dig um, itself out of that. Yeah. Huh. Boy, that's a good That's a good point. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that because, you know, it's equipped with a drill on the end of it. I mean, that's, um, a, that's a pretty... Uh, pretty um, pretty prevalent art. Well, I wouldn't say prevalent, but it, 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 uh, comes in a couple times in the comic books. So, uh, yeah, where was that one? Hmm. Boy, that's a good question. Um, um, you know, the blue stealth armor from the comic books that I think showed up somewhere in this, he didn't just have that behind a panel in the living room, blending in with, uh, with the, uh, the, the room when the, uh, when, when the light wasn't on or something. See, my really? theory is there's no stealth armor, which was really stupid because the kid said, oh, what you should have built in was the the reflecting so it's it's not seen. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. The 12-year-old kid came up with that idea, but super genius Tony Stark never considered that. Okay. Oh, that's right. Right. I forgot no, about that. Because number Thank one, a, a stealth armor would have that. And number two, we saw the silver centurion armor. Silver centurion armor did that. Um, mm-hmm. It had a chameleon effect in the comic books. So, see, remember how the Silver Centurion armor in in the comic books was stored in a suitcase? Yes. Um. Okay. See, I love the Mark V armor in the movie. In my opinion, that is as cool as any of the armors that he had. I'm pissed that it got blown up. But that armor was so cool, and it happened to be in red with silver trim, yes. and it was stored inside of a suitcase so he could put it on at a moment's notice. I choose to believe that the Mark V, that was the, the Silver Centurion, and there was no Silver Centurion army in Iron Man 3. Because yeah. you don't take an iconic armor like that and completely waste it as cannon fodder. You don't do it. Yeah, no, I... I... It's funny that you should mention that because I've had the same thought too. That it's like you know, I Mark think that was what the... that was meant to be in Iron Man too. Yeah. Oh, and hey, remember the cave that he was in? Um, yeah. Okay, I know that he built the Mark One armor out of a bunch of parts of Stark Industries' own weapons. Okay, and I know that he reverse engineered them and made something to escape instead of the weapon they wanted to make him. But he had a Home Depot card or by the way how did they pay for that without that's a good point did he have that much cash or did tony stark actually use his credit card in that home depot in the middle of tennessee and it still took them that long to find him no yeah but okay good point so he buys all that junk he has a cart full of stuff and he basically makes oven mitts that can burn things to the touch yeah really 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 
look, Tony Stark in the comic books has done the James Bond spy thing before. That's not how I want to see him used in the cinematic universe. I don't want to see him used that way, and he's not a very good ninja. Um, And his infiltration scene was goofy because the whole time, um, Colonel Rhodes, who's trained as a commando in the U.S. Air Force, yeah, I would have bought it if he was doing that. I didn't really buy it as Stark doing it. Mm -mm. No. My God, there were so many problems. I already had a lot of problems with this in this conversation. Just kind of makes it worse, doesn't it? Even worse. Um, 